Today's lesson comes from the Gospel of John. Never, nearly every word is spoken by Jesus during a visit with a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council who comes to Jesus by dark. Nicodemus tells Jesus, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. And Jesus answers, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. This begins a, a, a conversation, but really more and more questions by Nicodemus, and he never quite, at this point, seems to quite understand what Jesus is talking about. As we prepare our hearts and our minds to understand and to hear and to receive God's word, let us pray together. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy, great joy, what you say to us today. Amen. Our reading comes from selected verses from the Gospel of John, the third chapter. Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. There's a good chance you've seen it while watching on television. Now, I'm not talking about the latest Peloton commercial. Let's go, Peloton, they always scream. But, you know, where are they going? They're riding the stationary bike. I, I don't get that. And I'm not talking about OxyClean. Don't we always see OxyClean commercials on the television? And I'm not talking about the wonderful Spurtle, the, 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 that kitchen tool that you just have found out that you should have always owned. Are you, can you keep a secret? Huh? Can you keep a secret? Okay. Don't tell anyone. Don't, please don't tell Carolyn. But, you know, I've got a, a great plan for Christmas for Carolyn. I'm getting her a whole spurtle set. Those ones that are made with the Ikea wood. Pretty good, huh? Big spender, right? It's not those things, though, I'm talking about. Maybe you've seen it on a sign held up in the stands of, of a football game or an NBA game or another sport. Or maybe you've seen it on the eye black, right under Tim Tebow's eyes. What am I talking about? I'm talking about what? John 3.16, the most favorite, uh, famous verse in all of Scripture. It's a verse that many people call the gospel in a nutshell. Have you heard that? Because, you see, it encapsulates all of the gospel within this one verse, all that is found in Scripture. But the gospel in the nutshell can leave us with the assumption that 
if we read or we can recite John 3.16, then we pretty much have the whole Christian message down pat, as if the rest of, the, of Scripture is merely a commentary. But we know that if you read just John 3.16 or even John 3, 10, 16, and 17, like we did today, it's like reading the title of a, a magazine article or a, a newspaper article or even a title of a book and, and thinking you've got the whole story. No, you don't get the whole story until you dive deeper into a deeper reading. It's the same with Scripture. It's the same with the gospel. More than just one verse is needed. The infatuation with this one verse, though, has, has caused some to say that the gospel is the greatest story never told, or the greatest story that's only half told. Reading a Bible verse, even as beautiful as John 3.16, isn't going to do it. Something more is needed. Because, you see, we're called to both read and live in the Scriptures. Yet, isn't there something special about John 3.16? As beautiful as that one verse is, there's something special. Christian author Max Lucado, in his book 3.16, The Numbers of Hope, calls this one verse, quote, an alphabet of grace, a table of contents to the Christian hope, each word a safe deposit box of jewels, end quote. Licato suggests that we read John 3.16 slowly and we read it aloud. He encourages us to read it again and again as we continue to note which words in this verse jump out at us. During our series, Love Gives, we have heeded Lakato's advice. We've been focusing as, on just really the first half of John 3.16 for our series, Love Gives. It says, God so loved the world that he gave. One of the most important elements in all of Scripture is, tells us about the nature of God. It tells us about the holiness of God. Holiness, holiness means set apart. Clearly, God is set apart from all of God's creation, including you and me. God's holiness is unequaled. But God is not only holy, God is also righteous. God is just God is wholly good because God is good and God's goodness is unmatched. God's goodness can, can be trusted upon. You and I can trust in the Lord's goodness. But you and I also know that God is love. The pages of Scripture reveal a, a detailed portrait of the character of God whose very essence is love. 1 John 4, verse 8 states this clearly. It says, Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. God's love is eternal. 
God's love is immutable, unchangeable. God's love is powerful. God's love is perfect and holy. The grace, the generosity, and the love of our God knows no bounds. Writing to the Romans, the Apostle Paul shares with us this, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is known through Jesus Christ our Lord. We know that Jesus is the incarnate God who has come in the flesh. He came that we might perfectly know God's love and God's glory. God's love is not just for a select group of people, but in Jesus Christ, it's for the whole world. This, sisters and brothers, is radical, radical love. Indeed, for the people like the Jewish people like Nicodemus, they would have thought that God is a God of love. That is, God loved Israel. The rest of the world was viewed as in terms of wickedness. God's righteous judgment was upon this wickedness. In fact, this wickedness and this judgment was even celebrated. But in John, in John's gospel, we hear God's Messiah, Jesus himself, tell us that God's love is for the whole world so completely. This is why we know, how do we know this? It's because God sent his only son in order to offer God's love to all people, to all people, that all might have eternal life. God's love is wide enough to embrace all the people in the world. This gift is what Christ came to share because, you see, Jesus' nature, too, is love. God's love is for all the world in Jesus Christ. This is revolutionary. You see, it turns the motivation for the earthly presence of the God's Messiah upside down from one of judgment to one of salvation for perhaps the whole world. This is one of the most significant theological shifts in the Jesus story, the Son saves the world from death, from perishing, by not dispensing judgment, but by lifting up the Son as a ransom for many. Verse 17 unashamedly denies that Jesus, the Son, is the Son incarnate, came for judgment. He, it denies it. Hear this again. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved, saved through him. Only with the incarnation of the Son, Jesus Christ, is there any doubt raised about the world's final judgment. We know from reading beyond verses 16 and 17 that, that Jesus is love in action. 
No one has ever showed the depths of love like Jesus did. He has set for us an example of, of how to love, how we're to have love for one another and for the whole world by the grace of God. He tells us, if any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Jesus healed the sick in love. Jesus raised the dead in love. Jesus fed the hungry in love. Jesus preached the kingdom of God in love. Jesus cast out demons in love. Jesus interceded for his disciples and for his church in love. And in love, Jesus gave his life for the whole world. Nothing, nothing that the world worships today can stand up to what Jesus did. As he stepped down from the throne of heaven to live and to love among us. He gave his life so that no one would have to spend eternity separated from God. He gave to the world so that everyone could understand and, and see the glory, the glory of God. And through Jesus, the intensity of God's love for us was demonstrated in a real and tangible way. For God so loved the world that he gave. The proof of God's love is God's love in action. How do we know that someone loves us? Well, often it's three wonderful, enchanting words. I love you. These words can make our heart explode, can't they, when they're whispered in our ears. But, but these words are not the only reason that we know love. In fact, they're probably not the most important reason that we know that we're loved. We know love because love comes in action. It's demonstrated that we are loved. It's the demonstration of love that assures us that we are loved. We can be confident in God's love for us. Not simply because we hear the words, I love you, but because we see the demonstration of God's love. Love and action. We see the sacrifice of something far, far more precious than, than time or money. The gift of the Son that God gave us, God's only Son. The love of God is greater and deeper than any of us can truly fathom. Yet we can understand even in spite of our unworthiness, that we receive the grace that is given to those who believe. Jesus loves, so Jesus gives. God shows God's love to us each and every day. Do you see it? Do you? I sure hope so. 
I pray that you see it. I pray that you've seen it and you are continuing to see it. But if not, know this. Know that God loves you now and forever because God has given Jesus to you and to the whole world. God's love for the world is remarkable. It's not remarkable because the world is so big or there's so many people in the world. It's remarkable because the world is so bad. We don't deserve God's love. We can't earn God's love. It comes to us as gift to be received. Why has God given us such an amazing gift? We heard it today. So that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. More than a hundred times, John uses the word pisteo in his gospel. Almost half the time that it's used in the entire New Testament. In the NRSV of the, of the scripture that we use, the new revised standard version that we use today in John 3.16, pisteo is translated believes. Believes. While a bit awkward, a more accurate translation in English would be is believing. That is, everyone who is believing. This translation highlights the dynamic nature of the ongoing belief in God's Son. It means trusting. It means relying on, and not in the sense of holding an opinion, as in haagen coffee ice cream is the best ice cream you can buy. Well, that's my opinion. I think that but that doesn't mean I believe it in the same way that John uses it in his gospel. Why is that? Because you see, I also buy haagen vanilla bean, and a mint chip as well, and I enjoy those. It's not just coffee, ice cream. The gospel of John speaks on several occasions of the utter importance of believing in Jesus but it is not simply a matter of the content of one's belief. The understanding of believing in Jesus, according to John, is also an understanding that one can assess whether one believes or not, that it's evident what one believes. So in the contents of our relying or our contents of our trusting, it's far less than think or thinking and much more about how we live and how our lives follow Jesus, and how we love abundantly and obediently, and how we give like Jesus by the grace of our Lord and Savior and by God. What does obedient love look like? It looks like a life of Jesus, Jesus' own life, were, were sacrificed and surrendered to God. It is this surrender of one's will that forms the foundation of Christian love. 
and calls us to give because love gives. Thus, the opposite of believe, as John uses it, is not doubt, but it's disobedience in how we live. Love both motivates and illuminates the life journey, our lives journey. Love also creates in us a deep thirst for connection, not only with God, but with one another as well. And the promise that in faith, that there is such a deep union is possible and is awaiting us when we are sincere and we're devoted to our faith. And we ask God to help us to walk with Christ. Such love even empowers us during the darkest and the driest times of our love, of our lives. Because you see, love gives. Do you know the story of, of Margaret? She was one of the happiest women you would have ever known. She worked in the hospital kitchen until the time came when she was diagnosed with cancer. During a visit to her hospital room, her pastor found her in great pain. Margaret was on her side and she was looking out the window toward the Virginia sky outside. The pastor prayed with her, and as they prayed, the pastor thought about the cross. And she asked Margaret, Margaret, would you like me to bring you a cross? Margaret was so weak at that moment that all she could do was just nod. Her pastor went back, and the pastor got the cross off the, the altar. The pastor carried that cross to the hospital and up the hospital into Margaret's room. Oh boy, did that pastor get some strange looks walking down the corridor with that cross in her hands. But she carried it proudly. And when she got in the room, she held it up and she showed it to Margaret and said, Margaret, see what I got for you? And Margaret turned and looked and tears began to well in her eyes. And all she said was, for me? The pastor took that cross and took it over to the windowsill and, and put it out so that as Margaret looked out, the, the blue sky would silhouette that cross every time she looked at it. For the next two days of Margaret's life, she looked at that cross it brought her great comfort and strength and a, and a kind of indescribable joy. And with every glance, that cross reminded Margaret of God's great love for her, but also the whole world. And that she knew that through Jesus, the promise, the promise that the best was still to come, still to come. Because you see, for God so loved the world 
that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Amen.